It's time for the Love Talk Thanksgiving Day Special with your love ladies, Kathy and Carrie, joined by two very special guests. Hello, friends, and welcome to Love Talk. This is Coach Carrie Brinkader, and it is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Thank you to Gavin, our producer, who so faithfully keeps uh, the love ladies in line. Thank you for joining us here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, 101 FM, and 1120 AM, Central Texas, Christian Talk. We are building bridges of love and leadership and of course, joining us today, my beautiful friend and co-host, Kathy Underbrock. Hey, Kath. Hey, Carrie. It's great to be with you. We have some really special friends in uh, online with us today. We're really excited to talk with them in a minute. We are talking everything Thanksgiving because it is Thanksgiving week, and it is probably the most unique Thanksgiving that we have had in about the past, mm, I don't know, 399 years, Carrie, you know, as a nation. <laughs> I, I'm so excited because I have heard over and over again about this 400-year anniversary of the Mayflower Compact. And I just thought, why is that so important? Why is everybody making such a buzz about it? And, you know, I, I always think of Thanksgiving in the United States as being this incredible time of remembrance. So, you know, other countries, they have similar days on their calendars. But Thanksgiving in the United States is a kind of a special Thing that we have in our nation that isn't quite celebrated by any other nation because we remember the providential blessings of God in not only our personal lives, but over our nation. And so this year, it's this exceptional year at this 400 year anniversary of the Bayflower Compact actually makes this so much more important to celebrate Thanksgiving and to press into Thanksgiving because we see the the peace and protection and prosperity that these first pilgrim settlers celebrated together in, in America with their in, Indian friends, it is not only undisputably referenced as the first Thanksgiving, but it was likely possible because of the Mayflower Compact uh, that they had made before they ever got off the ship and stepped foot on uh, the land that we call the United States of America. And, um, I, I don't know. I, so we want to talk about it. The thing that really got me, Carrie, is this this compact is another word for covenant. Mm-hmm. And many historians and religious leaders acknowledge that the, the pilgrims saw themselves as making a covenant, not just with one another, but between them and God himself. Mm-hmm. And um, so a covenant, that's a legal binding contract or vow. And so we're going to spend today understanding vows a little bit better and understanding what they have to do with Thanksgiving. And so we decided to bring in these two guests who know a lot about honoring and keeping vows. And they're going to talk with us today about Thanksgiving and what makes this an important covenant in the history of our nation and how we can express our thankfulness as we remember and honor sacred vows this Thanksgiving. I'm excited, Carrie, to share them with our friends. I know they're going to love them. Oh, these are special guests, and we can't wait to introduce them in just a minute. Let's give you guys our verses for today. Psalm 107.1, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. And also from Psalm 69.30, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. Well, Kathy, how? Okay, so a few weeks ago, we talked about our big bucket of gratefulness over here at the Brinkgator House, uh, more affectionately known as Bog, the big bucket of gratefulness. Um, and we've been writing down things that we're grateful and thankful for. Um, and have you guys started a thankfulness jar as well? We have. I got um, the prettiest, tallest glass vase that I could find, and I cut out our little little squares of paper that were like orange and gold and cream, and I stuck them in the jar. And so every day, uh, you know, we kind of have to put expectations around this because, uh, you know, you have to kind of focus on being thankful. You don't really think about it. And so we've told the girls every day you have to pull out two pieces of paper, 
put something that you were thankful for. It cannot be the same thing. Uh, you can't just keep saying, oh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm thankful that I have a car to drive. I, you can't say that, you know, 20 times during the month. <laughs> and if you say I'm thankful for a person, you have to put the why. So mm, yeah, the girls, so nice. our, our little, um, thankfulness jar has been steadily filling up over the month. I know it's super fun. We, we put a, a, a stipulations on a couple of days. You know, I said, okay, um, one of your, of your pieces of paper, paper can be anything. And then the other one, I need you to write something you're thankful for with someone in this room right now. Your, your mom, your dad, your sister, or your brother. Um, because I think sometimes we, we, you know, we show our best selves outside of the home. Um, and then when we get home, we just kind of let all the emotions and yuckiness from the day spill over sometimes. And so we might forget to be extremely thankful for those that are closest to us, um, because they sometimes get the, the yucky stuff more than other people outside of our home. So um, really thankful for just being able to sit down and, and do that and, and really think about those things that we might take for granted each day. Well, Kathy, are you guys staying home this week for Thanksgiving? What are you guys doing? We are. We are just, you know, Aaliyah is going and um, being with some family in Killeen, Texas, and we are just staying here in Eagle, Idaho, right outside of Boise, and just gonna be making a nice turkey and gravy and all the all the fixins. We kind of we do a little bit of the prep the day before, but we always do the turkey on the day so we can pull out that fresh turkey from the oven. We're just looking forward to having a a nice relaxing day. I don't know, probably we might have a couple friends over to play some games or something like that in the afternoon, but um, probably we generally do Thanksgiving uh, dinner around two o'clock. Nice. Okay. That, that will be fun. Uh, we, our plans changed a little bit this week. Um, we were going to go see Ashley's family, uh, over in East Texas and they've, uh, his stepmom's recently had some health issues and her doctor said, nope, you need to put the turkey back in the yard for this year and or for <laughs> right now and just, just not have any gatherings right now. So we're, we're going to change our plans and just go down and to San Antonio and see Ashley's sister and her family. So that'll be fun too. So we're, we're super excited about that and it'll be a, a nice trip just to get together with a small group and, um, and enjoy one another's company. So lots of fun. Well, Kathy, are you ready to introduce your guest? Yes. So do I introduce mine first? I guess we can introduce them together. So friends, you know, Carrie's talking about um, what happens in the home. And I think what happens in the home sets the stage for thankfulness in our lives. And, uh, you know, if if Miss Evelyn were here, she would say Thanksgiving is for thanks living. And mm-hmm. so we wanted to talk a little bit about um, the Thanksgiving in the home. And so we and, and because we want to talk about vows, we needed a couple a couple guests who were really good at honoring vows. And so we have a couple guests, one who has been honoring a very special vow for 27 years and yours. I don't know for I think pretty close 25. to 25 years. So in um, online with us today, we have Carrie's husband, Ashley, and my husband, Eric. Guys, it's great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thanks for having us on. Yep, wonderful. It should be a fun afternoon for sure. So what have you guys been putting in the thankfulness jar? Because we don't get to pull it out and and read it until Thanksgiving. So give us some highlights. No, 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 no cheating. We're not going to dive into uh, our little buckets of, se- of, of gratefulness. That, that's um, that's my husband, listening friends. Uh, that's Ashley. So he's not he's not divulging anything. No, no, that's. Uh, I mean, I don't want my kids to be listening in this weekend uh, and, and find out all the things that we're going to talk about when we get to open it up. Yeah, they might copycat what you're thankful for. That wouldn't be right. Yeah, is there like a challenge to say who has the best thankfulness like thing in the jar? You know, that would be a real brinkator thing to do. That would absolutely um, 
fit our household. But no, we've not made any challenges, so to speak, regarding our gratefulness bucket, for sure. Well, well, since you guys have had us doing the thankfulness jar, it's been very, you know, that's actually been a great um great adventure i think for this month i mean it's it's really kind of forced me every day to sit down and think about it but but i will say there are days when i feel like i should be maybe writing in a different handwriting or something because i'm pretty (laughs) sure once these get read everybody's going to know who they are based on the especially my sloppy handwriting and so you know i've been trying to use different fonts next year i think i might print them out on the computer or something (laughs) i i think my boys probably feel the same way yeah we'll all know we'll all know who's is who's for sure whenever we pull them out of the bucket. Well, guys, we sure are thankful that y'all are here today. You know, today, Saturday, November the 21st, 2020, is really the actual 400-year anniversary to the very day that the Pilgrims signed the Mayflower Compact on board the Mayflower while it lay anchored in the harbor before they even got off the boat. Now, Kathy, I have to, um, I have to admit, Okay, so listening friends, Kathy, um, she's brilliant. She's amazing. She's so super smart. And she uh, she wrote this show. And so this earlier this week when we were talking about this show, she said, hey, Carrie, you know, take a look at the show. We're talking about the Mayflower Compact. And I was like, whoa, Kathy, hold, whoa, slow your roll, sister. I, I got to go back and um, review my history here. So earlier this week in the car on the way to school, I was like, okay, kids, tell me everything you know about the Mayflower Compact. Go. And um, <laughs> I was impressed. They actually knew quite a bit about the Mayflower Compact. You know, 41 males signed the document that brought unity in the midst of of mutiny because they did not land where they were supposed to land there on the east coast of what we now call the United States. And so they had to figure out a new plan as they entered the land. Uh, and Kathy, I mean, as you've said before, this compact is a covenant. Yeah. And, you know, it had been a miserable long ride. So there, the, the, the trip across from Europe had taken twice as long as it was supposed to because of all of the storms that had happened. And so, you know, they were, they were, they had two pregnant women on this ship. I mean, my goodness, mm. I can't even imagine. So they were pretty, it, it was a pretty miserable long journey and um, they had to change plans and friends, you know, I don't know what kind of a journey you've had this year or how many times you've had to change plans right in the middle of something. That's right where they were. And sometimes before we get off of the ship and step into the deep waters, we need to make a vow with one another to do it with one another really well and to be patient with one another, kind with one another, to treat each other well. And so they did. They made this they made this compact and before they ever got off the ship. And the thing that is exceptional about this compact, it's something that we had not seen before um, and something I didn't realize. Um, President Calvin Coolidge, he, he kind of summarized it really well. He said, the compact that the Pilgrim settlers signed was an event of the greatest importance. It was the foundation of liberty based on law and order. And that tradition in the United States has been steadily upheld. It was democratic and acknowledgement of liberty under law and order and the giving to each person the right to participate in the government while they were promised to be while they promised to be obedient to the laws. Um, it was definitely a compact under God. And so it was so interesting. I didn't realize it, but this compact, in essence, is the cornerstone of self-government under God, which has made America's governing structure unique among all of the nations. This Mayflower Compact is a covenant that is said to be one of the primary contributing charters reflected in the in the framework of our U.S. Constitution. That blew me away. So we have so much to be thankful for, so much that we can relate to um, right where we're at today with right where those pilgrim settlers were, the vows that they made that carried them through and the vows that possibly we've made um, 
friends, listening friends that can carry us through difficult times as well, where we can be thankful in the midst of great difficulty. We're going to talk more about this, more about this Thanksgiving week. We're going to go and hear from our um, from our sponsors, our amazing sponsors. And then we have some really pressing questions for our husbands. Um, I'm interested to hear what they have to say. I know you're going to be too. Sometimes they always surprise me what comes out. Um, stay with us, friends. We'll be right back right after this with Love Talk. Hello, friends, and welcome back to today's Christian Talk. This is Love Talk, and I am Coach Carrie Brinkader with my co-host, Kathy Enderbrock, and we are the Love Ladies. We want to give you just a short update on Miss Evelyn. She is getting on top of some health issues right now. She's going to be enjoying Thanksgiving at home this year, um, and we are excited to hopefully welcome her back to Love Talk in the next couple of weeks. So, B, I know that you guys missed the first lady of love, as do Kathy and I. Um, I tell you what, when she's in the room, you just feel pure joy and you just, uh, Jesus just oozes from every pore of that sweet, sweet lady. So we are super, we are looking forward to having her back in studio with us very, very soon. Today we are discussing vows. We are discussing, discussing covenants, Thanksgiving, and remembering this Mayflower compact that was signed exactly 400 years ago today. And on this 400 year anniversary when we're celebrating Thanksgiving. We're celebrating holiday that is based on the remembrance of those first settlers whose vow with God was so profound that it has become a part of our very foundation of America, one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all. It's really quite remarkable when we think about all the years that have passed. You know, Kathy, Eric, um, Ashley and I were at a wedding this past weekend, and it's been a long time since I've been to a wedding where the bride and groom, maybe I haven't ever been to a wedding where the bride and groom said their own vows, like they wrote their own vows out to each other. It was fantastic. I was crying. I I don't even know the groom. I know the bride. And I, I just, I thought it was so personal because they really thought about what they were saying. Did you guys write your own vows or did you say that, say the standard in sickness and in health, rich or poor? No, we, I mean, it's whatever, whatever the pastor told us to repeat after me. That's what I repeated. I don't even remember what I promised. Oh, well, I hope, I hope you can remember that part. <laughs> I think that was pretty much simple to stay married, but you know, Carrie, what, what you, uh, what you just said really resonated with me when I was kind of looking over and thinking about, uh, the Mayflower Compact and, you know, you think about maybe it's a long document, you know, you think about government documents today that are, you know, look like more like books than they do documents. This was really short and it was really four key points to the compact. Um, you know, and, and, and I, we didn't write our own vows, but you know, if we had, I'd hope they would be like the compact. I mean, it was really four points. It was, they had to be loyal to King James, despite them wanting a, a free and, and self-governed world that they were, they were heading to. They needed to create and enact laws and ordinances and offices. Um, they wanted to be one society, and this was key, and, and work towards that one society. And then the last one, obviously what we think is probably the most important and a foundation of it is live according to a Christian faith. And, you know, I think about this and I go, wow, it was simple, it was clear, it was effective, is everything a really nice set of vows, including a marriage vow, ought to be. And, you know, the the one the, the pastor gave us, it was all of those things, um, maybe not as pretty and effective as somebody who wrote their own, though. <laughs> I, you know, I really did enjoy it. And it was funny. We were talking to a friend uh, at the reception and he said, you know, there's, and I was commenting, wow, that was so great. I really liked how personal that was and how they really spoke to one another. I, I think they'll remember that for the rest of their lives and they can save that, those papers and give, you know, put them in a book or whatever. And he goes, you know, there've been times when I've been angry with my wife and all I remember is, this is my solemn vow from our wedding day. And I thought, oh, man, that is 
like that really hit me too. You know, this is my solemn vow. I am promising these things to you forever. And it, and it just makes me think how I talk to my, my 15 year old son and my, my 17 year old daughter, you know, you need to be, I, I tell Logan all the time, you need to be a man of your word. If you tell me you're going to do something, if you tell me you're going to clean your room, don't make mean mama come out, you know, be, you know, make, be a man of your word and do what you say you're going to do. And that's exactly what our, our friend was saying. You know, this is my solemn vow. And that means everything to me. I, I want to be a man of my word. And that's exactly what these pilgrims were doing. And what these 40 men said, we're going to do when we get off of this ship, we are going to be men of our word. And we're going to fulfill these four things. And like you said, Eric, the last point there to live in accordance with the Christian faith. And that's what really struck me is that, you know, we see like when I saw this Mayflower Compact and then I kind of compared it to the U.S. Constitution, I was like, oh, my goodness, I I do. I, I see how that has been. The principles of that Mayflower Compact have been woven into our U.S. Constitution. And when I saw that, I thought it was so clear. This whole idea of the separation of church and state is never Ever what our forefathers had intended, they had meant for the Christian faith to be in government, in schools, in every part of our lives. They just had intended for us never to be Anglican or Catholic or Southern Baptist or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that was. They said, hey, everyone kind of gets to choose um, their relationship with God and pursuing that relationship with God, uh, the God of the Bible. Um, and so we're not going to put on you whether you're going to be, you know, Protestant or Catholic or, or whatever, but they had never intended the separation of church and state as we, um, as we have it today. And so, uh, you know, Carrie, when I was looking at, at vows and I, I looked up what are like the three premises of a Christian vow or, you know, any vow, if you will, and one of the things I found so um, interesting, uh, this one point that was made, it said, in making a vow, the present day you commits to the future you to another person. So when we are making vows, we are committing our future selves to another person. And I had never looked at it that way because I have to honestly say you know, when I said my vows, I probably did not, um, I did not have the right view of a vow because I looked at it as, you know what, if in future, if this doesn't work out, my promise is to kind of end this amicably. And yeah. <laughs> I know, honestly, I mean, that was, it was, that, that was horrible. But in my brain, that was kind of my fallback position. I had no idea that when I was making that vow, that I was, I was saying, hey, the, the future me, even if she's very different than the present me, the future me will still be committed to this relationship. So, you know, Ashley, when you were standing at the wedding making vows to Carrie, did you think about the future you at all? No, that wasn't really even a thought in my head. <laughs> um, I mean, when you're, when you're the age at which we, we married, which was uh, 22, we had just I mean, turned we, 20. Yeah, oh, babies, yeah. We were, we were babies. babies. I mean, we were doing good to think about what was going to be happening the next year, uh, let alone 5, 10, 20 years down the way. So, uh, no, it, it really wasn't a thought, but I knew one thing above all else was that uh, my beautiful bride before me was who I could see myself with forever. Um, it, but having thought through, having never really thought through what, how I might change because perfect is perfect. Right. <laughs> well, it's funny that he says that because I've always heard that men marry women thinking they're never going to change. And that's exactly what he just said. And we marry men, women marry men thinking we're going to change them. Right. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and so I, I really find this, um, I had never thought about this either, Ash. You know, when you're looking at your 22-year-old 
selves, you think you're always going to be like that. You, you can't even imagine what it's going to be like 25 years down the road. Um, so very thought provoking. What about you, Eric? Did you think about the future you promising to the No, I was the same. When, yeah, no, when I was uh, thinking through this, I, I didn't think about that at all. But, you know, in, in looking back though, I did have a model, which, um, I guess now I realize more than ever. Now we were slightly older when we got married, but I guess you could say with minds much younger, <laughs> so we're probably in the same maturity level, but at least I was. Um, but you know, an interesting thing was my parents, you know, and they've, they've been together forever, you know, past 50 years, but back when we were getting married, they, they were still, they were providing me with, I guess, a model of what this would look like. And it, and I thought I would share that really quickly. I mean, you know, they, they started their marriage relatively late in life, similar ages to Kathy and I kind of late twenties. And I think actually my dad might've been in his thirties, but you know, they had relatively easy life of dual incomes. They were comfortable, had a little bit of challenge having kids, but ultimately having uh, my sister and then, and then myself. But you know, about 46 years ago, my mom went blind. And that changes everything in a marriage. And so, you know, I, I think back now and I look at what does making a vow look like? And, and I knew this even at the time when I was getting married, you know, my mom going blind changed all their plans, you know, travel plans and, and how they lived and what we did as a family in, in terms of almost everything changed dramatically when that happened. Um, but I think most importantly, it, it, it sent a burden upon my dad, you know, not not that my mom adapted and, and did many things and amazingly well, but, you know, I'm sure my dad, when he was making these vows, never thought, you know, he would be cooking meals and, and doing some of the things he now had to do to help raise kids and, and still make money for the family. And so, you know, his future view from a vow of getting married changed pretty dramatically. And, you know, I, you know, for me, it can never even be more proud of the fact that, you know, my parents stayed together. You know, there was never a thought, at least that I'm aware of, of them leaving um, and splitting up over something that was pretty traumatic. And, and you know, I think about people today and, boy, I wonder, do they take it as seriously or, or would they have that same kind of mentality? I even think about that for myself. You know, it's it was a tremendous model of, of what a vow can mean and what it means to a future person involved. It's funny when we talk about getting married and vows, we never think about sacrifice. We always think about what we're getting. And so, Ashley, you were saying that when you were looking at your beautiful bride, you weren't thinking about you weren't thinking about the future. You were just thinking about and I think I just completely cut you off and I wanted you to finish that. <laughs> well, I, as I was saying, uh, you know, at 22, you're, it's hard to to imagine what life is going to be 10, 15, 20 years down the way. But I knew then and there at that moment that I couldn't see life any other way than than with than with Carrie. So it, um, you know, it was very concrete to me then, um, as it is today, that you know, there's no nobody else that I'd rather spend spend life with. And so that particular thought hasn't changed. Uh, even though it's very, very difficult to think about what 20 years, what, what my what my future self might even be thinking or look like or uh, be acting like or how you know how I might mature, uh, how ugly I might get. <laughs> it really play into uh, really come into into into, into my head. So let's talk about Thanksgiving then. Are you going to be helping in the kitchen with Carrie? Are you going to be setting the table? Oh, you're going to be over at your sister's house the whole time, right? Kathy, Kathy, do you know my husband? I know him on a basketball court, but <laughs> I don't know him in the kitchen. No, that's because he doesn't go there. That's because he doesn't go there. He goes there to eat. Grab a plate. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really, really good at the second half of Thanksgiving, which is eating, napping, um, digesting. Those, those are really my strong suits. Well, at at least we know this. Strong suits. Yes, at least we know this going in uh, for sure. What about you guys? Yeah, Eric is pretty much, we kind of divvy up. I always do the turkey and the gravy. He'll do the mashed potatoes and generally like a... Yeah, Thanksgiving's not my cooking one, though. I mean, you know, kind of the more traditional meals aren't aren't something I muss around with. So I'll, I'll join Ashley on the couch for a nap later. And, <laughs> and, you know, whatever the kids don't clean up, all that will probably fall to me. But 
Yeah, Eric's great with helping clean up. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, you know, I guess that's right because I do the stuffing too. I guess when it comes to Thanksgiving, it's so much of the stuff that I've learned from my mom. Mm-hmm. And so it's got to taste the way that it's got to taste. And so I, I guess aside from making a salad or or mashing the potatoes for me. She only lets me do the things you really can't screw up is what she's saying. <laughs> you get the salad. Yeah. You get the salad. Yeah, toss, yeah. toss some salad, you know, don't mess that up. That's pretty funny. Yeah, that's that's Ashley's really good about helping clean up, too. So I'm very thankful for that. And you're right, Kathy. It's, it's you know, recipes that have been passed down. And so, you know, it's kind of fun to, to do those things. But, Kathy, I do have to challenge you on one thing. It is Uh-oh. not stuffing. It is dressing. Oh, well, but I do stuff my bird. I oh, you do. Yours truly is a stuffing. Oh, yeah. I I get my hands in there and I fill that bird carcass up. I guess it's not a carcass, right? Because it's not dead. I, it's whatever. dead. I hope it's dead. I mean, it's dead. But it's, not, it's not picked apart. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I do. I I my bird is completely stuffed full. Yeah. Okay. All right. Then yours really is stuffing. Okay. All right. Ours is dressing. Ours is dressing, but we don't stuff it inside the bird before we cook it. Well, so, we have salmonella um, and you're doing just fine. I'm sure <laughs> you're just laughing at us. <laughs> so far, so well, good. It's been a lot of years, so I think we're all right. <laughs> that's so funny. Well, I do have another question for you, gentlemen. Um, as we talk about vows and we talk about covenants, you know, we've talked, we just kind of bantered back and forth about the present you and the future you and what you were thinking as you're standing on the altar. But when you were getting married, did either of you think about what the commitment meant you had to do or the person it would require you to be in order to keep that vow? Let's start with... Um, did you think about what the commitment meant you had to do? Let's get with you first this time, Eric. Oh, I get to go first, huh? Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think I wasn't really thinking about any of those things. Marriage, and I remember this because we got married, you know, what, four or five days after we graduated with our undergrad degrees, and it was a whirlwind. And so, this is very sad to say, but I don't, you know, it wasn't like I was overly thinking a lot of things, you know, it was get into a, get into a suit and show up at church on time. So, so I don't think I was thinking about that as much, but you know, I, I definitely do and have thought of it much like Ashley, I'm sure in his career, you know, over our years, I think in some ways our jobs and careers, at least mine has influenced what I think of, of a commitment and a vow similar to a marriage, you know, I mean, because, and you think back in history, I mean, a handshake and a vow used to mean everything. I mean, that was mm-hmm. what made a person a, a person, a, a man at that time, you would say it, but, but a person's handshake and their word was everything to them. And, and you know, that's the same in business. You don't stay in business if you don't honor your commitments. Um, mm-hmm. you know, if, if all the transactions that happen just have to, have to be done the way you say they will. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, I think that's as true today as it's ever been. Um, and, and, you know, all too often people are, are too happy, I think, to walk away from commitments. And, you know, that's, that's a real problem in our country, I think, and perhaps world. Mm, absolutely. You know, I have to brag on my husband just a little bit. Um, that very same wedding that we were at this past weekend, um, a lot of colleagues of Ashley's were there. And Ashley's a, a real estate agent and a very, very good at his job, um, mm-hmm. top here in Williamson County. And um, one of his colleagues said to me, you know, Carrie, working with Ashley is such a joy because he's so incredibly honest. And he, you don't find that all the time in this business. And he always does what's right by his clients. And I never have to question anything that he's done. And I just welled up with pride um, because, of course, I know my husband's honest. But to hear someone else say that in this business – you know, that he's so honest and so professional. Those were the two words that she used. I just thought, wow, you know, I I hope everyone sees that because I see it. Um, but I, I think that goes along with this about Ash, did you 
you know, when you were standing there on the altar, did you, th- were you thinking like, oh crud, now I've got to do something. I've got, <laughs> I got to grow up super fast. Well, here's the one thing that uh, I can tell you about being 22 and getting married is you don't go scout out other weddings to figure out what am I getting myself into. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's not like you've been invited to a lot of them at 22. Yep. So, you know, when, you, when you're standing on the altar, the first time I really thought about what I actually have to do is when the, the preacher told me what I was going to have to do, <laughs> which was honor her and be there in sickness and in health. And so those were really the first marching orders that I got. Um, in, in the marriage because we didn't really, I mean, we practiced them obviously during the walkthrough and, but I don't know that we've really, it really sank in until I'm standing there saying the words. Um, you know, we didn't write our own vows. We, we kind of you know, participated and, and repeated. And so that was really the first instruction manual that, um, and it was verbal. It wasn't written for me. Um, <laughs> it really came down. And so that was the first thoughts I, I really had about it. Mm-hmm. Was, hey, I've got to do these things. And, um, you know, I, I had a pretty decent model as well, like Eric, my parents at the time who had been together uh, my entire life. And so to me, you know, I felt like I knew what marriage was was all about. And, um, you know, my short lifespan kind of had a decent idea, hadn't been involved or, or heard about a lot of divorcing. But, um, you know, you, you grow up and you, you mature and you quickly realize, wow, that vow that I made on that altar really means something in this, in this modern world, in this world where people are really ready to throw away uh, a relationship, you know, over something trivial or, or something not trivial and, and not really give it the weight that it, that it deserves. And when it said, you know, Ashley and I've experienced over these last couple of years, several of our friends and acquaintances close, you know, I, I would consider them in the, not the friend circle, but the next circle, like we mm-hmm. know them pretty well, are are getting divorced. And they've been married 20, 25 years, um, you know, kids still at home and, or their kids have just recently graduated and they are like, peace out, we're calling it quits. And I don't know, it's really made me stop and think about what, what do our vows really mean? And what, you know, and in these marriages, there's not been any infidelity. There's not been any physical abuse. Um, And it just, I, I, it makes me sad. It makes me sad because marriages work. Let's be real. It's not just pie in the sky every day. It is real. And I imagine that these pilgrims as especially after they met the native american indians that that was work um and keeping their vow to honor one another and honor the land and all of that like that's that's a big deal so i mean i think one of the things that that we look at that makes their first Thanksgiving meal so profound is that they had just survived an incredibly harsh winter together where a number of them had died. And uh, so we, we see, you know, that, that first Thanksgiving was actually, um, held just about a year after they had signed uh, this compact with one another. And so we see that this this compact, this vow that they had made before God, took them through a really very difficult, difficult time. And, you know, I think that when we make those vows as well, they're not meant just for the good times, but they are meant to bind us and help us so that we can get through the difficult times with Thanksgiving and mm-hmm. um, that we can pull together. And so when we're learning about vows, we know then we've learned the present you commits the future you to another person um, in making a vow. The the words bind you to an action. It's a commitment to do something, not just now, but something in the future. And then third, when we make a vow, a relationship is formed. I think that's so interesting. I mean, when, you know, Ashley, when you made that vow to Carrie, did you feel like a special relationship was formed that wasn't there before? You know, I didn't at that time, Um, you know, because we had obviously grown together and and had a relationship prior to saying the words and, and committing that vow. So, 
to me, it was it was just reaffirming a relationship that I already knew existed um, and, and a commitment that I had already made. Made in your heart. Now you were making it with words. Yeah. You know, Ashley, <laughs> Ashley's right, man. We didn't know what we didn't know back then, honestly. And um, when you really look back at 25 years and you go, man, we've changed a lot and you grow into these different humans. And so that's why whenever you said the present you and the future you, that kind of cracks me up because you don't know what that future you looks like. Well, friends, you know, tying all of this together with the pilgrims and Thanksgiving and and these vows and these covenants, we're going to really tie it together in our third segment after we return from our break. We're so grateful that you have chosen to be with us on this beautiful Saturday morning. Remember, you can always find our archives on lovetalknetwork.com. And we'll return for more Love Talk with Ashley, Eric, Kathy, and Carrie right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk. This is Kathy and Brock online with uh, Coach Carrie Brinkater and our amazing spouses, Ashley Brinkater and Eric and Brock. And we are talking all things Thanksgiving and the Mayflower Compact, the 400-year anniversary to the day today, Saturday, November 21st, to the uh 2020. And we're just having a great conversation about um, compacts, which are basically covenants, which are basically vows. And so we're talking about vows and what vows mean and how impactful it is for our nation that the 400 year anniversary of this incredible compact, which has really uh, influenced our U.S. Constitution as we know it, the 400 year anniversary is today. And so, Carrie, now in our second segment, um, and friends, I want to tell you, if you missed our second segment, you're going to want to catch it. Go to our archives at lovetalknetwork.com and you can pull up the program there. Or in our second segment, we talked about vows do three things. They, um, the present you commits the future you to another person. Um, vows are made with words that bind you to an action. And when a person makes a vow, a relationship is formed. So the person who makes the vow is held to the relationship and, and, and what has been promised in that vow, there is now a need to fulfill it. So I have kind of this question for you. Uh, and guys, I want you to kind of answer this. If the Mayflower Compact was made 400 years ago today, if that was a covenant vow between our forefathers who swore to serve God, and if all of the principles of that same covenant were woven into our U.S. Constitution, which is the foundation of our nation, Guys, do you think God views America as being under a covenant with him today? And has America broken that covenant? And if we have, is there any turning back? So lots of questions for you. Who wants to go first? Oh, goodness. This is <laughs> this is really a tough one. I mean, you're talking about uh, placing a covenant, you know, on the United States or a covenant from the United States. Um to God from a group of original settlers of a hundred people. So do I believe that that particular group made a pact with God? Absolutely. It was very clear. And, and did our forefathers uh, intend on our country being um, settled with the Christian faith in mind? Absolutely. But have we broken that covenant? Does God for, you know, view America as being under a covenant? I, I believe he does. Um, even today, have we broken the covenant? I think when we separated church and state, I think, uh, when we, when we took faith and made it, well, at least the Christian faith and made it something reprehensible to speak about, especially with regard to government. Yeah. I, I do believe that we kind of took God out of, uh, the United States, so, so to speak, at least with, with regard to the foundations. But thankfully there are still Many, many Christians um, that, you know, still look to him and and uh, consider God our savior and want America to be reborn. Um, is there a turning back? Is there any way to to get back to that day? I think that's a very, very difficult road, extremely difficult road in today's time. I mean, it's going to take a massive shift in 
the way we think, the way that America uh, moves forward. I think that there are just so many different viewpoints and the way that America has set up ourselves uh, to be a, 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 a country of liberty, a company, a country of, of freedoms. I think that it's very difficult without everybody being touched by the word of God to get back to that point where we are we are truly uh, back within that covenant. Actually, I mean, I think you're right. I think that there is a way to turn back. Obviously, it's it's something where we are just desperate for the Holy Spirit really to bring about awakening in this nation. One of the things that I think is so profound about this uh, 400-year anniversary happening this Thanksgiving, when we selected this verse for our program today, this key scripture from Psalm 6930, it says, I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving well thanksgiving magnifies god it, you know thanksgiving in our home magnifies god thanksgiving in our communities magnifies god and so i just for me it makes me so much more want to press into thanksgiving and be thankful to god this year um, for his faithfulness because we know uh, with our other key scripture that Uh, Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. He says that he will not abandon us and he's waiting for us to to turn to him. And, you know, Eric, you and I have kind of discussed Thanksgiving and, and, and such, but I don't know that we've really discussed this whole compact thing. What's your take on it? Well, I, I agree with Ashley on many of those points. I do think that our, our country was founded under a covenant with God, starting with the Mayflower, moving on towards uh, the Constitution and Declaration of Independence in between there and all of the, all the attributes that our forefounders thought of. And so I think that's actually, I mean, true. And it does put us under this vow. And when I relate that to Thanksgiving, it makes a lot of sense to me because Thanksgiving, in essence, is an anniversary, much like a wedding anniversary. We've been talking about wedding vows a lot. It's a chance every anniversary to to ponder your your time together and and your vows. And I think this Thanksgiving's a chance for us, especially this year. Twenty twenty has been a very interesting one for all of us. And so I think you get a chance to look back and focus on the vows that we've made as a country. Now, Ashley's also right that it's a you know, we're, we're in a new world of, of America today. It's not quite like it used to be. And so not everybody shares those same views, but I think for those who do, the church body, the people who are believers, we need to look back this Thanksgiving and, and honor and cherish our vows. And, you know, I looked up some of this and can we turn back? Can we change? I do think we've broken our compact or at least are in the process of, of, of dismantling it as quickly as we can, it seems like. But the reality is God and Jesus, they're such a forgiving one. So turning back with God, if you have a relationship, is always a possibility in my mind. And and I look at this and I say, you know, and you look at Joel 2.13, it's re- return to the Lord your God. He's a gracious and compassionate, slow to anger, um, abundant in loving kindness. So, you know, and, and then there's other in Psalms 105, it says, you know, God, the Lord keeps his covenants for a thousand generations, which conservatively is 20,000 years. So we haven't passed that mark yet. So, you know, I look at it and say, we're not beyond possibility of turning back. Um, now, whether it be a unified America that turns back, yeah, I think Ashley's probably right. That'll be a tough ask, but but it got to start with somebody and it may as well start with his church and, and his body doing that. Well, this is what gives me hope is that, you know, our constitution based around the principles of this compact, this vow, this covenant, we have um, some originalist uh, judges in the Supreme Court right now. And as long as our U.S. Constitution does not change and its laws and its principles of justice under God remain intact, uh, I think this nation uh, holds together. Um, however, once that U.S. Constitution um, begins being viewed as a living, changing document that can be interpreted at the whims of whoever um, is uh, a judge within that judicial system, then all of a sudden the foundations start to, uh, you know, fall apart. Just like a marriage, if you say, well, what does it really mean to honor and obey? You know, <laughs> let's let's interpret that really loosely. But so, Carrie, this is the, the main thing that I love is that 
the, you, the this covenant does not guarantee salvation. It guarantees what what it's it's basically looking at God's protection and blessing and favor over our nation. But there's a more important covenant that um, God asks us individually to enter into. Carrie, what's that? Absolutely. You know, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ is the most important covenant that you will ever make in your whole entire life. Um, and, you know, God sent his son, Jesus, here to have a relationship with us forever. And I, I, it's so different. You don't find this in any other religion, in having a relationship with a higher being. Um, in every other religion that we see, it's about obeying rules and about doing things. With Jesus, it's just about accepting him into your heart. And when you accept him into your heart, that's when things start to change. And to do that, friends, it's as simple as the ABCs. A is to admit that you are a sinner and accept that God loves you. In Romans 3.23, it says, For all have sinned, every single one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The B is just believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross and rose again on the third day to offer us this free gift of salvation. When we confess with our mouths and say that Jesus is Lord, we are forgiven. John 3:16, God so loved this world that he gave his son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That is the cornerstone of our faith. And C is to confess this faith in Jesus Christ, commit our lives to loving him. Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And he, D and E, D, he will deliver us through the good times and the bad times. And for many of us, this year has been one of chaos and um, being thankful for those around us at this time is so amazing. And E, eternity of love is before us. Friends, if you have any questions about what Kathy and I and the and our men have discussed today, give us a call on the love line at 512-249-6535. You can find us on Facebook. You can also find us on lovetalknetwork.com. We're here every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eric, absolute pleasure to have you with us today. Ashley, thank you so much for being with us. And Kathy, always a pleasure. My friends, until next time on Love Talk, I'm Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we'll see you next time on Love Talk.